Hey guys, welcome back to Kyler Burrell's unedited podcast, episode number 111. Um, big things to talk about, and big things by Fury and Ganu. Um, well, so we're going to start with that. Um, wow, that was a, it was unreal, it was surreal. We'll get into my we'll get into my thoughts and how I scored it. Just rewatch it because you know we'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute though. We'll get it, then we're going to get into reactions to week eight with some other headlines and discussions. We're going to get into my overall top 16 post-week eight power rankings. Then we're going to get into my post-week eight NFL tier rankings as well. With me and my brother's week nine game picks, uh, Premier League match day picks, of course. Top five reactions to week nine in college football and some other headlines and discussions. <coughs> post-week eight top six Heisman rankings. Uh, post week, or sorry, post week nine, excuse me. Uh, and then, oh, well, yeah, post week nine, high, top six Heisman rankings, post week nine, power 23. Um, my week 10, top five games of the week picks. And then we will, like I said, every other week right now, we will have a mock draft to finish it. Um, so Fury and Ganu. So we'll start off with how I felt watching it live, um, when it was happening in real time. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, a pe- I, you know, we were saying, God, the, the craziest thing was the knockdown, right? Not to me. Because I knew if he hit him clean, he could do that. No matter if he was going to get waxed in every round besides that, I knew that was possible. Like, very possible. What I didn't know was possible was him going, was him going toe-to-toe and, and boxing with him. On the night, I thought he won. I thought he won six rounds to four. But again, I was in the moment. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I'm a giant Tyson Fury fan, but I found myself after round five, six, I was like, I'm rooting for Ngannou. This is incredible, you know? But this is why you watch it again, and you're sitting there judging round by round how you think it's going. So Ngannou won the night. He he had the biggest moment. In round eight, he he had Fury hurt again. Ngannou won the night, and he became an, he became one of, if not the biggest stars in, in combat sports today. Sadly, ultimately, when I rewatched it as a judge and not a fan, I scored it for... I mean, not sadly, because I'm glad Fury won, too. I was rooting for Fury. I did score it for Fury 95-94. Um, I had it six rounds to four, Tyson Fury. I had Ngannou up one point because of the knockdown. It became closer than... Ni- 96-94 would have been my scorecard without the knockdown. With the knockdown, it's 95-94. I had Ngannou up one point heading into the last two rounds. Rewatching it, I felt like he gave up those rounds. Because Fury wasn't really doing much but hitting him with a jab and an occasional right hand. But it was enough to win those last two rounds. And I think that's what won him the fight. Ultimately, that's what won him, that's what won him the fight. Was those last two rounds. Because I think he was losing. Um, but man, Francis Ngannou, incredible. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Watching it as it happened, it, it, it literally, I mean, sports is what I love and especially combat sports, you know, boxing, not as much as it may, but I love boxing as well. And it, it made you a little emotional, like, holy shit, this guy's fighting the best heavyweight of our generation. One of the best heavyweights of all time. And he's going toe to toe with him and he dropped him. Francis Ngannou put out a magnificent performance. It was brilliant. He had a game plan. 
I do think fatigue played a factor into those last two rounds. You could tell his arms were definitely a little little slower in the last two rounds. He was a little more fatigued, and that's going to happen, right? It's his first boxing match ever. And he's in there with the greatest heavyweight, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And he was doing tremendous. He was winning. He was up on the scorecards. I had it 4-4 heading into round nine, but Ngannou winning because of the knockdown. Fury edged it by the skin of his fucking teeth. He edged it. It was not an impressive performance by Tyson Fury. I will say one thing watching it when I'm watching as a judge, I, I, I look for more things. Fury was having way more success when he was in Southpaw, in my opinion, because at Southpaw, it's harder for that left hook to get around the lead hand and the lead shoulder, right? I didn't understand why he wasn't in Southpaw more. I think he totally negates what Ngannou does in those middling rounds if he stays Southpaw. He was winning the exchanges in Southpaw. If you see in round three, he's he's doing good in round three, Southpaw. Nothing was really happening. When he gets caught, it's a clinch. And then he, when they when they reset, he's in orthodox. And then, boom, the left hook comes over the top. It was interesting that he didn't stay in Southpaw to me. Uh, weird. I think if they fought again, which I, th- I think they could, uh, Southpaw's got to be a huge key for Fury. Um, because it protects the left hook. Now, obviously, you got to have the right, the right hands coming, right? But the left hook was in Ganu's game plan, for sure. He threw it way more than he threw a heavy overhand right, in my opinion. He threw the left hook a lot, and it landed a lot. When Fury was in orthodox, when Fury would come in, what was crazy is Ngannou was countering. Fury would come in and land, but then boom, he's caught with the left hook. He's caught with the hook. It was wild to see. I can't, I want to see Francis. I mean, let's talk real quick. We're going to get into Francis again. Fury, Usyk's next. I don't give a shit about any other fight. I don't want to see Fury fighting Ganu next. I do want to see them fight at some point, not next. I don't give a fuck about Fury and Wilder 4. Fury AJ, Fury anybody, Usyk anybody. Don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. I don't care what Eddie Hearn said. No one wants to see Fury Usyk. What are you talking about, dude? All he's talked about is like you, you're the one holding up and this undisputed title fight needs to happen. Now you're saying no one gives a shit about it? Bullshit. It's because you want your guy AJ to get in there and face Tyson Fury. It's not happening. No one wants no one wants to see Fury AJ over Usyk Fury. It's an undisputed heavyweight title match. It has to happen. It's not going to happen December 23rd, and I don't care about the damn date. But get the date signed for when he's ready. I think what we're in we're in late October. I think m- mid to late February is the correct is the correct time for Fury to get, you know, take a little rest because he did take some punishment in this fight. He did get dropped. He needs a little time off. And then get back in for a 10-week, 12-week camp, something like that. And then be ready for Fury, Usyk, for the Undisputed Heavyweight titles. What should be next for Ngannou? I, I, I'm interested to know what has to happen, because I know he signed the deal with PFL. And was there an agreement? I'm, I'm going to believe that he can he can still box. Like, I, I don't think, like, they're not going to say, oh, no, you can't go box. That's not going to happen. I do think that they said no, unless you beat Fury, but I heard there was no rematch clause whatsoever. Even on Fury's side, there was no rematch clause. So I think what is going to happen is he does have to fight one fight in MMA. The issue is he just did so good in boxing, now we want to see him fight these other heavyweights. Who the fuck are they going to get to fight him in PFL? All the top guys in the UFC, I, like I always said, I was holding out hope that maybe Derek Lewis would test free agency and they could sign him and then... Lewis could be like, I was the last guy to beat him in May because he was, and he could sell that as a pay-per-view. But he obviously re-signed with the UFC. 
I don't think you're getting a crossover fight with Stipe or anybody like that. Definitely not Jones. He's not going to fight till late 2024. But there's been some rumblings of Deontay Wilder's willing to get in there if they can come to an agreement that they fight them. They fight in the cage. I'm, I think their first pay per view is going to launch in March or April. So Ngannou and Wilder in the cage, and then they have a boxing. Then they have a boxing match. After it's a two fight deal, one MMA, one boxing. I'm fucking down for it. Let's go. Because guess what? I thought if because I, I said this should happen when when they when Wilder set ringside. I was like, oh my god, this is great. You do one fight in May, one fight boxing. Ngannou's going to beat his ass in May. Wilder's going to knock him out in boxing. Well, guess what? Ngannou's going to beat his ass in May. I'm not sure Wilder's going to beat him in boxing. But what I saw from Francis Ngannou is a more polished boxer than Deontay Wilder, which is crazy to say, but I think he is. Now again, Wilder hits a lot harder than than Fury, so Ngannou does have to be on more on his P's and Q's than he was against Fury. Fury has power, but... You know, he landed a, a flush uppercut to knock out. You don't see Fury one-punching guys with a right hand. Like, it took him it took him a lot of rounds and a lot of drops to wear down Wilder in those two fights to be able to put him away. Uh, in the second one especially. He dropped him multiple times. Wilder in those, well, he knocked him out in the 11th. Wilder was done. Wilder was, he was worn down, and then he caught him just flush. But with but Wilder, Ngannou's got to be more more defensively sound. He's got to be more defensively sound. Um, he's got to have the high guard. Um, but he did tremendous, man. Francis Ngannou is, you know, one of the, one of the most special individuals in sports history from where he's come from. Um, his background, being able to get to where he was undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, just went 10 rounds with the best boxer of our generation. One of the best ever. He's the MMA lineal heavyweight champion. He is the best heavyweight on planet earth. He's the baddest man on planet Earth. Is Francis Ngannou? He he is you you know everyone gives the the title of baddest man on the planet to the heavyweights of the biggest. Francis Ngannou is the baddest man on the planet. Do you want to know what I love Fury? But let's be honest, you're doing a real fight and Fury's down on the ground like that, and Ngannou's p- pouncing on with hammer fists, and that fight's over, and Fury's stone cold out. Francis Ngannou is the baddest man on the planet, and congratulations to him. Um, uh, unbelievable performance. Can't wait to watch him box again. And I can't wait for Fury Usyk though, because I expect Tyson Fury to be much, much better. Uh, whatever Fury said, you know, if he if he really trained 12 weeks, it wasn't much game planning. It was more, because he was 277. His last fight, he was in the 280. So it was more cardio, maybe hitting. It wasn't a game plan though. He thought he'd go out there. That's why he predicted a sixth round, because I think he thought he'd go out there first three rounds, jab, 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 just baby shots, letting Ganu unload some punches. And then I'm gonna knock him out for round four, five, six. He's gassed out. Well, it, it it backfired. But yeah, what a fight that was! Uh, great job by Ngannou, and can't wait for Fury Usyk, and can't wait for what's next for Ngannou. Uh, let me get a drink real quick, and we're gonna get into NFL. All right, so my main reactions to Week Eight in the NFL: Broncos end an eight-year streak. Beat the Chiefs 24-9 in Denver. What a win that was for the Broncos. Um, man, um, Chiefs were awful. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple, the Chiefs were bad. They couldn't get anything going. Um, turnovers, more drop, bat, more drop balls. Man, if the Kansas City Chiefs aren't making a phone call on Devontae Adams or Mike Evans, I don't know what's up. 
Could they still win the Super Bowl? Yes, because I don't think there's truly that many elite teams. I think they're one of them, and I think there's one other one, and it's probably the Eagles. So they could win a Super Bowl with this roster. But they're very lucky the NFL, in my opinion, doesn't have a lot of elite teams this year. But it's going to be tougher to win it with that receiving core. You know? I understand that Devontae Adams one's unlikely because it's an in-division. If you're not, Mike Evans changes their offense completely. First off, those other receivers underneath are way more wide open because you're worried about the deep threat of Mike Evans. Gives Mahomes a big target who's fast, who can do the deep balls. Is just an unbelievably great receiver. I don't get how you're not making a call for Kansas City. We'll see what happens. Shout out Denver, though. What a win. Uh, Cowboys run over the Rams 43-20. Yeah, Cowboys defense look good. Again, I mean, I I, I want to... I was I was very happy, and uh, I was very pleased with how the Cowboys play. But the test comes Sunday in Philadelphia. You got embarrassed on the road last time you played an, uh, an elite NFL team in the Niners. You can't fucking go out and get embarrassed again. Or here's what we know: the Cowboys are a good team, but they can't they can't win a Super Bowl. They're not elite. They're not on the Eagles and Niners playing level. Eagles come back and beat the Redskins 38-31. Again, I'm not overly impressed by the Eagles this year either, though. I think they're very beatable. Um, but the Cowboys got to come in with the right mindset and got to be able to – Dak's got to be able to throw the ball well, and we got to be able to run the ball as well. Got to be able to run the ball. Um, and then we got to stop the run because they're going to run it. And that's been something um, against the Eagles that we've had problems with is stopping their run. And uh, we got to be able to stop it for sure. Uh, Seahawks get late. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba Tud to beat the Browns 24-20. Good win by Seattle. They're impressing me. Hey, Lions and Seahawks have impressed me. I was wrong about them to start the year. Uh, Bengals hand the 49ers their third straight loss, and this one in San Fran, 31-17. Bengals are coming back, though. Here come the Bengals. Here come the Bengals. I might have them a little too low in my rankings where I have them, but I'm, I'm still – they got to get, again, a test between Buffalo and Cincinnati. In my opinion, I love Jacksonville and Baltimore. If Cincinnati goes in there and beats Buffalo, they're they're the Chiefs' biggest threat, in my opinion. They are. Again, I'm not scared of Lamar in the playoffs when it comes to big games. And T Law is still very they're they're very young. So if the Bengals go in there and beat the Bills, they're officially back. Um, some other headlines and discussions. Will there be any big trades? Um, you know, the NFL, it's tough to say there's gonna be big trades. You know, um, big trades, you know, you got you know, people talking Derrick Henry, but I just don't see that happening. Devontae Adams, we'll see. He looks pissed on the sideline tonight. Mike Evans, they've talked about the NFL just, it doesn't, it doesn't always, it doesn't happen that often where you see big time trades and big time moves. So we'll see, but I'm more, uh, I'm more reluctant to, uh, to think that'll happen. Um, what coaches are on the hot seat? This is what I wanted to get into here. Um, let's go NFL standings. We'll go through some of the teams that are not very good. And we'll say how, how warms the seat. Start off with Bill Belichick. Um, so one to 10, 10 being the hottest, obviously I'm going to go three. He's Bill Belichick. Nobody in the AFC North on the hot seat. Um, no, nobody in the AFC South, even though they got three teams under 500. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, 
Chargers Staley, we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at a four for now. Because they obviously love him, so I'm gonna put it at a four. Josh McDaniels, I'm gonna go six. I think that if I think they could he could be out of a job. I'm actually gonna go seven on him. I think he could definitely be out of a job um at the end of this year or possibly before. Um where's the NFC? There they are. Okay, uh Dayball, I say no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four. I don't think it's that warm because I think it's unfair. They've had an injury prone season. And uh, I just don't think they'd fire him after what he did last year. Uh, Ron Rivera, yeah, I'm going to put it at a 7 as well. I'm actually going to put McDaniels at an 8 and Ron Rivera at a 7. I think they're both probably gone. Uh, Eberflus for the Bears, I don't know why he's their coach anyway. I'm going to put it at a 9. Um, Minnesota's coach, absolutely not. Detroit, no. Green Bay, I'm still going to say no. You know, new quarterback. Carolina, no, just hired one. Bucks coach, after the start, if they finished awful... Yes, I could see um, Bulls being fired. I'm going to go five for now, though. It's not hot. Cardinals, no. McVay, no. I think it's more of does McVay walk away and then Niners Seahawks, no. So you got some. I think Ron Rivera and Josh McDaniels are definitely the hottest, you know, on the hot, hot, the, or the, definitely the hottest on the hot seat right now are, are those guys. So, um, okay, so. And then sad news, man. That was it, tough to watch. Kirk Cousins um, tears Achilles. That was crushing. Um, I love Kirk, and uh, that was hard to see his season um, end like that. Um, hopefully, he gets back one hundred percent and uh, plays again next year. He's a tremendous quarterback. All righty, rankings. My post-week 8 NFL top 16 power rankings. Eagles at 1. They're 7-1. Chiefs at 2 at 6-2. Jaguars at 3 at 6-2. Ravens at 4 at 6-2. Cowboys at 5 at 5-2. Dolphins um, at 6. They are 6-2. Bills-Bengals 7-8. Again, big matchup. Uh, Bills seven, Bengals eight. Niners down to nine for me. Purdy's got to figure some things out. Um, Lions at ten. I know it seems a little low for some of you. I know it will. I just don't think I'd pick the Lions over the nine teams above them. Uh, Seahawks in there at eleven. Jets at twelve. Browns down to thirteen. Saints welcome back in at fourteen. I do have the Vikings in here at fourteen. Obviously things could change depending on how Jaron Hall does and. You know how it goes for them. Uh, Chargers at 16 uh, for me uh, to close out the rankings. But here's my uh, tiers. So my AFC tiers. Get draft ready. Raiders, Patriots, Broncos. Those three still get draft ready. Probably not playoff teams. Texans, Steelers, Titans, Colts. Playoffs question mark. I only have one spot available for the playoffs question mark because I have Five teams in Surefire and one Super Bowl bubble. Playoffs question mark. Jets, Browns, Chargers. One of those three who will get that wild card spot. That's what I'm looking at now. Surefire playoff teams. Jaguars, Ravens, Dolphins, Bills, Bengals. And I still have the Chiefs as the lone Super Bowl bubble. But it's getting tougher. We'll see how they bounce back when they play Miami. NFC. Uh, get draft ready. Cardinals, Giants, Bears, Panthers. Probably not playoff teams. Rams, Redskins, Packers. 
Playoffs question mark. Two spots up for grabs for me. I got four in surefire, one Super Bowl bubble. Saints, Vikings, Falcons, Bucks. If I had to choose the two that come out, because of the Cousins injury, I'll probably not choose them. I'm going to say Saints and Bucks, actually, are the two teams I think come out. Crazy it sounds. That will win their division. They'll get a wild card in there. Surefire playoff teams, Cowboys, Niners, Lions, Seahawks, and Super Bowl bubble, Philadelphia Eagles. Week 9, game predictions. Um, after last week, I had a pretty good week. I went 12-4, and four, brother went 10-6. and six. I hit my upset of the week. I am 80 and 46 overall. He's 79 and 47. Um, upsets of the week, I'm 4 and 4. He's 3 and 5. Thursday night football, Titans at Steelers. I wanted to choose the Titans. It's a, it's a good game. I'm taking the Steelers 23 20. This is my brother's upset of the week. He's got the Titans 28 18. Sunday early games, um, we got uh, Dolphins, Chiefs in Germany. So that'll be early. Uh, I am taking the Chiefs, 27-24. My brother's taking the Dolphins, 35-28. Vikings uh, at Falcons. This is my upset of the week, actually. I am going to go Vikings 20-19. I don't think the Falcons are good. My brother's taking the Falcons, 17-13. Seahawks at Ravens. We're both taking the Ravens. I got 28-20. He's got 31-27. Cardinals at uh, Browns. We both have the Browns. I have 24-17. He has 26-20. Kyler Murray could be returning, though. Rams at Packers. We are both taking the Rams. I'm going 24-23. He's going 31-22. Buccaneers at Texans. We differ on this one. I have the Texans 24-20. He actually shows the Bucks 24-20. Redskins at Patriots. I'm going Patriots. Uh, 20 to 16. He's going Redskins 21 16. Bears at Saints. I'm taking the Saints 27 13. He's also taking the Saints, but close 24 22. Sunday midday games. Colts at Panthers are both taking the Colts. I got 26 23. He's got Colts 26 17. Giants at Raiders. I'm actually going to take the Giants 20 to 17. He's taking the Raiders 21 15. Cowboys at Eagles. This is definitely a heart over mind pick for me. I'm going to take the Cowboys 24-20. He's taking the uh, Cowboys 27-24. Sunday Night Football. Um, Whoops, hold on. Got to correct this, his score pick. We both picked the Bengals um, over the Bills. I'm going going 30-27. He's going 31-28. We got a tight game. Monday Night Football, Chargers at Jets. We're both taking the Chargers in a one-score game. I'm going 24-21. He's going 24-17. All right, so quick Premier League match day. Did not do good last week. Went for a couple upsets. I went four wins, four losses, two draws. I am 58 wins. Overall record is 58 wins, 21 losses, 21 draws. Again, the format is I pick a winner. Obviously, if the game draws, that's how you get the draw. Manchester United at Fulham. Give me United 2-1. I'm going to say they bounce back. Brighton at Everton, give me Brighton 2-1. Bournemouth at Manchester City, give me City 4-0. Wolves at Sheffield United, give me Wolves 1-0. Crystal Palace at Burnley. Burnley's going to get a win uh, at some point. I'm going with them this week, 1-0 Burnley. West Ham at Brentford, Brentford 2-1. Arsenal at Newcastle, Arsenal 2-1. Liverpool at Luton, uh, Liverpool 3-1. Villa at Nottingham Forest, Villa 2-1. So those are my Premier League match day 10 predictions as we get into college football here, my top five reactions. 
uh, to week nine in college football. How about my fucking Kansas Jayhawks? First time since 1997 we beat Oklahoma 26 goddamn years. And their last year in the conference, they get a sweet taste of uh, defeat heading to the SEC by the University of Kansas in Lawrence. It was a, it was special. Um, you know when, when we uh, threw the pit when Bean threw the pick, at 33-31 was the score 33-32. I uh, I thought it was over. We get we get a three and out, and we get the ball back. And uh, he made some critical throws, especially the fourth down to Lawrence Arnold that got us inside the ten. And then Devin Neal runs it in. Oklahoma hits a huge play down to about, what, the 25 or 23 maybe. Uh, that sucked. That's when I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do this, aren't they? And then, you know, it came down to three seconds last play, and Dylan Gabriel threw the ball back to the end zone. Out of bounds, game over, incomplete. Kansas wins, rush the field, take down the goalpost. It was uh, it was beautiful to see on TV. Um, what a win for the University of Kansas and uh, get us bull eligible again. Back to back years, but uh, we're fighting for much more now. Uh, we gotta, we gotta keep. We don't, we don't stop here. Just getting bull eligible is not. Last year, I think it was about bull eligible. This year, it's about a little more. You know, I think it's about a little more for sure. But what a win for Kansas. Um, big one at Iowa State. Um, this weekend can't can't let this have can't have a hangover coming out of Iowa State because they're playing well in the conference and it's a tough place to go play at night especially a tough fucking place to go play and we got to go out there and win the game. Um, Oregon runs over Utah thirty five six yeah uh, that was a beatdown and that's why I kind of thought Oregon was the better team but uh, yeah big win for Oregon. Air Force stays undefeated with road win at Colorado State. How about Air Force man eight zero incredible. Incredible run by them right now. Um, Ohio State's defense carries them to another one. They beat Wisconsin 24-10. Yeah, um, Ohio State was not good really on offense at all. McCord wasn't good, but, you know, they, again, found a way to win. They're 8-0. You know, they've already beaten Penn State. It's it's setting up for that last week of the year at Michigan. Uh, no Bowers, no problem for Georgia. They beat Florida 43-20. to um, Some other headlines and discussion I want to talk about. Sorry if I'm getting a little distracted. I'm falling on the Lakers game right here. Um, but is Dabo on the hot seat? You know, I asked this question. I d- his his uh, reluctancy to use the portal is going to kill him. If he does not adapt to the times and use the portal, Dabo will become a dinosaur and he will be out of college football. You have to use the portal. Every good team does it. Every team does it. But even the good teams do. You have to use the portal. It is a must that you use the portal. Will he or will he not? I don't think he won't get fired for this year, but if they're halfway through the year four and four next year, you're going to start hearing rumblings of, I mean, what's going on there? Is he done? We'll see. Will Lincoln ever fix his defense or is this just him? I mean, God, you would have thought he'd attempt to fix it by now. Uh, I hate saying it, but man, I don't know if he fixes it. I mean, it's a problem. It was a problem at OU. Um, it's a, definitely, it's really been more of a problem here. And it's, I understand it's the first two years and it's hard to do it when, especially when you're using the portal heavy and you're, you're trying to get the right guys, but you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fix it at some point, you know, uh, it's kind of, kind of crazy that, you know, he's had the best quarterback in college football the past two years and they're not going to have any playoff, any playoff games. It kind of sucks to not see Caleb Williams in a playoff game, but, uh, that's just how it's gone for them. Um, so my post week eight, uh, 
or post week nine, sorry. God, I got to fix that. I, keep, I have the week eight. There it is. Week nine, um, Heisman rankings. Number one, Michael Penix stays there. It is, it is a three man, it is a three man race right now. It's very tight. I'm going Penix one, Jordan Travis two, JJ McCarthy three. And I think those are the three that you'll see. I don't know how many they take to New York, but those are the three, I think. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., four. Jaden Daniels for LSU, five. And Bo Nix enters at six. And Bo Nix, though, he might make a push here. Bo Nix might make a push late. His numbers are nutty. He's like 21 touchdowns, one pick, and 78% completion percentage. Nutty numbers um, for Bo Nix. Uh, he's going to get higher on this list as we keep going. Um, okay, so then we got my post-week 9 Power 23 college football rankings. Michigan stays 1, Ohio State is at 2, Georgia at 3, Florida State at 5, or Florida State at 4, Washington at 5. The undefeated, the, eight, the, the Power 5 undefeated teams. You have a couple more undefeated teams on here as well as we get down the list. Uh, 6, Oregon at 7-1, and one. They, jump, they jump back up. Texas at 7, they're 7-1. and one. Alabama 8, they're 7-1 and one with a big game against LSU coming here this week. This weekend, Penn State at nine did not impress me against uh, Indiana. Notre Dame at ten at seven and two. Um, oh, I forgot to change some things in these rankings. That's on me. Hold on, I'm gonna get a live fix here. Sorry about this, guys. I forgot to change some things. Um, go about right here. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Okay, and Utah, they're not. Let's be honest about Utah. I, Utah's not good without rising. They've gotten away with some wins. Okay, so sorry. Here we go. Um, Oklahoma at eleven. They dropped to eleven for me. Could arguably go lower, but they're eleven. Ole Miss twelve at seven and one. LSU at thirteen at six and two. Missouri at 14 at 7 and 1, Air Force at 15 at 8 and 0, Tulane at 16 at 7 and 1, Kansas at 17 at uh, 6 and 2, Kansas State at 18 at 6 and 2, Louisville at 7 and 1 at 19, UCLA at 20 at 6 and 2, Oregon State at 21 at 6 and 2, Oklahoma State at 22 at 6 and 2, and James Madison at 23 at 8 and 0. Next five out USC North Carolina, Tennessee, Arizona, and Liberty, who is also undefeated, um, if no one knew that. Um, as the Lakers do get the win, it's tight one. Lakers are playing some tight. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the Lakers. You can't have anything pretty with the Lakers. Uh, but my week uh, 10, top five games of the week. Again, 4-1 last week. Gotten more on a roll. Overall records 30-20. and 20. Um, So number, my, uh, Kansas State at Texas. Uh, my number 18 versus my number... Uh, seven, give me Texas 30-27, a tight one. I could see K-State pulling off the upset, though. Uh, number 14, Missouri at number three, Georgia. Give me Georgia 38-23. Number 11, Oklahoma at number 22, Oklahoma State. Again, an upset alert. I'm going to go Oklahoma close, 31-24. Number five, Washington at USC. I hope USC pulls it off, but I'm going to go Washington 45-35. Number 13, LSU at number eight, Alabama. Give me Alabama by three. 
And now let's get into my 4.0 NFL mock draft to close this off. Let me get a drink. Again, my order is not uh, what the exact order would be. It's kind of a mixture of both teams that are bad now, but like also projecting where they could be and where I think they'll be. So that's how I've done uh, the mock drafts. Bears have one and two. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. You're going to hear it over and over again. Cardinals at three. They love Kyler Murray. They they plan on keeping him. So I'm going to go Dallas Turner, the edge out of Alabama at three. At four, the Giants. Again, they want to run it with Daniel Jones again next year. Uh, so I'm going to go Olu Fashanu, the tackle out of Penn State, to the Giants at four. At five, the Patriots. They go Drake May. Mac Jones traded um, or, you know, just let go. Uh, Drake May at five. Uh, North quarterback out of North Carolina to the Patriots. At six, the Packers. I'm going to go Joe Alt, tackle out of Notre Dame. At seven, the Broncos. I'm going to go Jared Versailles, the edge out of Florida State. At eight, the Raiders. Go Shadur Sanders. Yes, he's in my mock drafts until further. <gasps> because I can't I can't understand how he'd want to come back to school and get sacked that many times next year when he's already a tremendous talent. Yes, I understand that if he comes back, he's probably going to be the number one overall pick in 2025. Don't care. He's still, in my opinion, a top 10 pick. So I'm going to go Raiders at 8, take Shadur Sanders, quarterback out of Colorado. Rams go Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback out of Alabama. Colts at 10, go Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Cardinals at 11, they drafted Turner. They have the Texans pick here. I'm going to go Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State. Redskins at 12, I'm going to go Latu, Latu, edge out of UCLA. Uh, Falcons at 13, Quinn Ewers, quarterback out of Texas. Titans at 13, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU. Um, Steelers at 15, please protect Pickett, my goodness. J.C. Latham, tackle out of Alabama. Buccaneers, Chop Robinson, edge out of uh, Penn State. God damn. Gosh, some of this stuff is all mixed up. There we go. Chop Robinson, Penn State. Okay, Houston at 17 via the Browns. Give me uh, uh, C.J. Stroud's former wide receiver. Emeka Agbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. 18 Chargers go Cooper DeGene, defensive back out of Iowa. Um, uh, 19 Jets go Marius Mims, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Vikings, Jerzon Newton, interior D lineman out of Illinois. Uh, Bengals, Kalen King, cornerback Penn State. Uh, Saints, Cameron Kitchens at 22, safety out of Miami. At 23, the, Bill go, the Bills go Leonard Taylor, interior D lineman Miami. 24, Seattle goes Nate Wiggins, cornerback Clemson. 25, Jaguars, Graham Barton, offensive tackle Duke. 26, Cowboys take Romo Dunes, wide receiver Washington. 27, Dolphins, uh, Dolphins take JT Tuomaloau, edge out of Ohio State. 49ers go Kingsley, uh, Suamantia, offensive tackle BYU. 29, Ravens go Mason Smith, interior D lineman LSU. 30, the Lions go Denzel Burke, cornerback Ohio State. 31, the Chiefs go Xavier Worthy, wide receiver Texas. And 32, the Eagles go Braylon Trice, edge out of Washington. Uh, mocks will keep, the mocks will keep getting better. I think, you know, next mock probably will have, you know, you figure out week to week, adding more quarterbacks in. I think there will be some room for a couple more quarterbacks to be in the first round just based on teams. You know, Vikings are a team with the injury. Um... You know, Redskins could definitely be a quarterback destination. Even the Rams, you know, or the Broncos, you know, even if they have a good end of the year. If they have a good end of the year, they'll probably roll with Russ again. 
But there's some teams in here, Packers, um, potentially could be looking quarterback. But uh, I've gone a little differently early, but I think you'll see, you know, some of the names like J.J. McCarthy and, and Michael Penix get in for me. Um, I'm not as high on Bo Nix as an NFL quarterback. Neither I am J.J. McCarthy, but a lot of teams love him. So, but you'll see more of those guys get in. You know, at the top right now, it's it's kind of, if the Bears have the top two picks, I don't see how they don't. They'll take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison easily. It won't even be a discussion. That's who you take. You get the two best players in the class at one and two. Could be different, though, if it moves around. Panthers get a win. Maybe, the, you know, then the Cardinals go up to two. They get Marvin Harrison. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll keep it going for sure. Um, back with KB and the boys um, on Thursday per usual. Um, but, yeah, uh, another good episode of Unedited. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Love you all. Peace.